more of the good stuff. Cliffcentral.com It's a Thursday afternoon at one, so you know what that means. Between two fems. With Aspasia Karras. And Mabani Malloy. Um... And then when you walked in here, and by the way, you always look fabulous. But Aww. like always, it's so annoying. <laughs> you always look you great. Very kind. You're wearing a pair of jeans with a little crop top and your body's perfect. But you always walk in here like you've literally just come off a plane. Which I have. Which this you very have. morning. <laughs> what? Because I this time? was at the launch of the Mr. Price uh, V&A uh, concept store. It's completely lovely. I think the biggest part of the concept, I suppose, is that you have free Wi-Fi in the store. How nice is that? I think they want people to just hang out there and oh, hello. tweet the clothes all day. You know, my boyfriend and I were driving around the other day in, in, in Bedford View and we mm. noticed that that seems to be a way for people to attract customers because we drove past a cafe and the first thing you see is free Wi-Fi. And the, the actual name of the cafe is in smaller caps, in <laughs> then smaller the fonts than the free Wi-Fi. And I thought, well, well that's a good a business concept. There is a giant concept. sign in the Mr. Price V&O Waterfront concept store oh, that said, wow. free Wi-Fi, tweet, tweet again. Did we mention the Wi-Fi is free? So, so is, is this going to be a constant thing for them? I think so. I think so. Are they going to have to deal with undesirable people who show up there <laughs> just, just to use the free Wi-Fi? <laughs> <laughs> And I wonder if it's going to be across the country that the, there's free Wi-Fi in the, in the Mr. Price stores. But I have to say that this little crop top that I'm wearing is from the collection that um, they launched last night. Well, it looks fabulous. Alexander Coote. And, um, Black crop top. Yeah, it's got like little, very cute. I'm yeah. moving my face away from the, so that I can show you the little. And you've um, got a blazer over it. No, you look very chic, very sexy. Oh, thank you. Love it. Okay. Now, we have a wonderful guest here today. Well, we have wonderful things to talk about today. Essentially um, hair. Hair. <laughs> I, 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 I don't think... No, I lie. A lot of people, they pay attention to their hair because it is a big deal. It's, you know, it's a... It's your crown in glory, my buddy. This is, this is <laughs> a thing. And there's so much money that goes into the hair industry. We know this for a fact. We do. So, today we're going to be talking to... The lovely Leslie... Who is the curator? Is that what you are, Leslie? No, so my job at Wits Art Museum is uh, strategy planning and development, but I've been the project manager on the Doing Hair Art and Hair in Africa exhibition at Wits Art Museum. Okay, so what exactly is that? What does it entail? What is it about? Can I go in there if I want to get a free hairdo? <laughs> so uh, that's, why I, that's why I put my, my hand up when we were saying, when you were talking about free Wi-Fi and attracting people. So we've got this fantastic banner um, up outside the museum on Jan Smuts Avenue. And may I just say what a delightful museum the Wits Art Museum is. Yeah. It is just, I think, it, you've taken the city up a notch. Oh, it's become thanks. like a sort of... I feel so global when I drive past and I go, oh, look, it's the Wits <laughs> Art Museum. Museum. Yeah, it's so really, really uh, Wits University's gift to the city of Johannesburg. It yeah. truly is. But I wanted to tell you the story about um, we have this fantastic huge banner up um, outside the museum which says entrance to the exhibition, free Mahala. Mm. Um, and to the left of it is um, is the Doing Hair exhibition, the title of the exhibition. And we've had quite a lot of people coming in to say, well, I've come for my free hairdo. <laughs> yeah, which is exactly what you're offering. But what else will... No, 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 we're no, not, they're they're not, not offering, offering free hairdo. No, free no, hairdo. No, 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 no free hairdo. Okay. No you see, I got confused. <laughs> so, oh, no, I think when you launched, what did you have? You had on the, on the opening night, you had some kind of like sort of hair intervention Yes, on the, going on, the, on. on the opening night, we asked people to come with their hair done in very creative ways. Okay. Um, but for those people who hadn't uh, taken the time or hadn't had the time, we had um, hairdressers who were doing these quick four-minute interventions, which included just quick upstyles or feathers in hair or those kinds of Sheesh, things. No and pressure was, for the hairdressers, <laughs> hey? It was, a, it, was a, it was a great, it created a really great uh, atmosphere, mm-hmm. really fun. Um, uh, so when did this exhibition start? You've been running for how long? Mm-hmm. So the exhibition opened last Tuesday night, um, and it runs until the 2nd of October. So this is your first year that you're actually 
No, the, the, the museum has been open for just over two years. We right. Op- we opened in May. Yes. Um, 2012. But this actual exhibition has opened, opened last week. And it's going to, to run until? It's running until the 2nd of November. And let's discuss a bit. I mean, because there's some very interesting things going on in the exhibition. Um, yeah, so there were, there were, the fantastic thing about how this, um, this exhibition was curated was there were actually 10 people who worked on, on curating the exhibition. So they all bring, and they were people of different sort of academic, um, experiences. So, you know, we had Anitra Nettleton, who's the real doyen of African art talking, uh, um, she was the sort of lead curator on it. And then we had, um, uh, three um, postdoctoral fellows who were working on it, and then we had students, um, postgraduate students from the Witt School of Arts, who participated in curating the exhibition, and they all brought very different experiences of doing their of doing here, which had an impact on how they thought about how they were going to curate their part of the exhibition. And what kind of experiences are we talking about? Because you know, all you need to do is take a look at the face of South Africa, and you you know, we're a very diverse country. Yeah, so what kind of experiences uh, would then would well, you then be able to see at the museum right now if you went in? So, so there's um, the experience of that. So let me rather talk about artworks that are in the mm. that are in the mm. exhibition. So one part of the exhibition is around uh, barber shops, and so men are included very much. Barber shops. Uh, the Witz Art Museum has a fantastic collection of uh, barber shop posters. So those uh, classic barbershop posters. Yes, yes. Get your Obama on. Yeah, no, <laughs> it's like this big poster with about like twenty to f- up exactly. to fifty different hairstyles, diagrams, hairstyles and, anima- and yes. animations and, and, of the different hairstyles. Exactly, and you can have um, a Mandela hairstyle, or you can have a Terry Henry hairstyle. And the very interesting thing about those, the way those barbershops, the the format that they exist in, is that they are based on the format of the original ethnographic representations of hairstyles in Africa. So we actually have a book from 1602 um, that is at Witz. Oh, my goodness. Uh, that, that is um, hairstyles from Benin. 1602. Yeah, it's quite, it's quite fantastic. Who, um, who, who made that book? So it was made by a Dutch person, and I can't remember his who name. It was, uh, I suppose, on a… It's an, it's an anthropological, it's an anthropological book. Um, but but that's the format that the barbershop posters are based on, right. which is so absolutely fa- fascinating. We've also created a an actual um, hairdressing salon as a framing device for images about hair in Africa, um, and we had a, um, a, um, a sign writer who actually works in Bramfontein mm. come and paint real signs on our on our hairdressing salon. Okay. Uh, it, which is, I mean, it is just so absolutely fantastic, and you've never seen anything like this in an art museum um, before. But you see, I love this. It's it's interesting because you know when you say hair, you assume, oh well, you know, it's just it's just the women. Here we go again. But hair is a big deal for everyone. It's 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 a way to, I don't know, to play around with your identity almost, like. I think I feel like hair is one of the things that you can change up so often. And if you know if you're feeling a certain way, then you can just get your hair to play along with how you're feeling. Well, and I that mean, goes for men and women, precisely, right? Precisely, which is why our second guest, um, Candice Wyatt, who is one of the most sublime hairdressers I know, and mm. she constantly changes her identity all the time. Tell us a bit about hair and identity, Candice. Well, I mean. Hair throughout um, all the ages has um, has constantly changed people's identity. I mean, we have people when they're going through mourning, they shave their hair. Mm. We have people um, when they celebrate, they have upstyles, they go for weddings. You know, we have the traditional idea of putting your hair up. Um, people going through cleansing rituals, shave their hair. And then um, when people, you know, I mean, I have um, situations when um, girls who have uh, split up for their boyfriends want to change their identities completely, and they go from brunette to blonde. Right. And, um, yeah, you know, the whole idea of identity in your hair is very closely related. I mean, and you're a bit of a chameleon with your hair. Uh, I don't think I've ever seen you once well, looking right now, the same. Right now you're a blonde. Yes. Right. Yes, I'm naturally dark brown. Oh, Okay. <laughs> 
I don't think I've, uh, yeah, I, I haven't seen my natural hair color since I was 16. I would assume that you would see this play out more with in women than you would in men, just because women have more to play with. I think so. Um, I think, I mean, I think generally men keep their hair pretty short and they, they are restricted, unfortunately. Um, I they, think it's the same way they're restricted in fashion. Yeah. Strangely. Shame. Unfortunately. Yeah. <laughs> For them. What's interesting to me is that, um, Leslie, you talk a lot about power in this exhibition. Won't you tell us a bit about what yeah. hair and power? I mean, I always think Samson and Delilah, you know. Yes, who, when his hair was cut, he lost, he his, lost his strength. So we've got um, actually a, a whole section of the exhibition that's devoted to this theme of hair and power. We have a marvelous uh, video work by Paul Emanuel, the artist Paul Emanuel, um, which is, um, he's, he's looking at how um, initiates into the army have their hair shaven in order to make them conform and to make them quite clear about who had now has the power over them. So a very, very poignant, beautiful uh, video mm. um, that's included in the exhibition. Then we have a, vid- a, um, a, a, a recording from a, radio station, uh, from a radio station, which was a program about a, um, a, a, a teacher in the Cape Flats who um, shaves her, the kids in her class shaves their hair, their hair because she believes that the styles they come with are sort of gangster hairstyles and she wants to control those kinds of issues. We, and then there's the power of the media. Um, we have a whole section which is, um, which is um, uh, advertisements from the media um, which tell you how you should be wearing your hair and what you know real beauty is and those kinds of issues. And so we have... We also have mirrors where you can look at yourself and look at these quotes from the media and really think about why you choose to do your hair in the way you do. And the other fantastic part of that whole installation is we've got sort of a dressing table where you can, you've watched all these advertisements, you've looked at yourself in relation to these um, quotes that come from the, the media, and then you can write about your experiences in relation to your hair. You know, do you love it? Do you hate it? Does it does it make you happy? Does it make you feel controlled? All those kinds of issues. You know, we're getting the most wonderful personal reflections on people and their hair. Tell us something that people might have written. Uh, <laughs> I I love um I I love my hair. Um, I don't want it red. I don't want it green. I want it how it is. Those kinds of you know that yeah re- taking taking back the power of. Absolutely <laughs> taking back the power. Now, Candace, uh, this is actually a very good point when when Leslie talks about the power of media because I, I suppose it's 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 for example if you go into the hairdresser and you have a picture of I don't know Beyonce or you have a picture of Jennifer Aniston and you show it to your hairdresser and you say this is what I want is that is that what you mean by the power of media and then also the fact that when somebody like Rihanna changes a hairstyle. It's news. Like you'll read it everywhere in the world. It sounds silly, but that's that's the kind of power that we're talking about here. You know, I always think that there's this negative idea about the beauty in the media, and mm. the feminists always run after that idea, and it really gets me quite quite angry mm-hmm. because the entire media industry is ruled by women. The highest positions are women. Right. And I love the fact that it's ruled by women. And I am an exceptionally feminine person. And I love yes, the you fact should that see I'm what she's wearing today. An exceptionally feminine, beautiful 50s floral frock. Yes. Which is a delight. Absolutely. To the eye. Yeah, yeah. And um, I find that I get my power from being a woman and being absolutely feminine. And looking at, at the word feminine as being feminine and being a feminist of being feminine. And um, a lot of women today forget that. And you can do that with your hair. You can be exceptionally feminine and be well-styled and, and have a lot of fun with the beauty industry and play with your makeup and, and still be a feminist in being feminine. But I suppose the, the issues that Leslie is raising which is something that we've, we've actually dealt with. We ran a very brilliant article in the magazine because women, black women specifically, get a lot of backlash if 
they do keep their hair natural and do a big afro. Oh, or they get, get a backlash because um, they've got a weave. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Um, yeah. Chris Rock, the comedian, yes. did an entire documentary About on hair. black women and their relationship with hair, of his which awesome. is apparently quite a like it's it's you know it's quite a tough relationship the way that he explained it because. You know, historically, black women felt like they needed to portray a certain look because, you know, in their natural state, they weren't considered beautiful enough. It's this whole thing that takes you on an emotional journey. But carry on. And it's very, uh, exactly. And I find it very interesting because, for example, I think Michelle Obama has had backlash for her hair because she keeps it in this like sort of neat, straightened bob. And then you look at you look at um you look at somebody like Beyonce's child Blue Ivy and for you know she's got natural hair in the sense that mm. for, for now she hasn't put any chemicals in it she hasn't added extensions to a child's hair I mean it's, the child is not even three years old yet but you actually have people complaining and saying oh please get a hold of your child like she doesn't look the part you're Beyonce with all these blonde <laughs> extensions and here's a child with natural hair. And they seem to have a problem with that. So it's a whole it's, complicated I've, relationship. I've, yeah. And, and the, the, in, the interesting thing is when you look at the objects, some of the historical objects from our collection, all of them show um, hair. I mean, hair has been done in Africa and has been controlled and styled very carefully mm. uh, for, for thousands and thousands of years. So, so the actual sort of the Afro is really an American importation um, it's not. It's not an African. It's not thing. an African. Thing. It's not an African thing to hear, to leave your hair just natural, whatever natural, whatever natural means. So it's wonderful for people to come and see these objects and come and see a history that talks to these issues. And were were some of the? I mean, this is what I found interesting. Some of the actual hairstyles have connotations. So some women can wear them i mean are they hierarchical connotations so so in some cases when you are a married woman for example or you've had children then you wear your hair in a particular style depending on which society you are a part of and whether you conform to the norms of that society Hmm. and with some cultures you know the women who have to cover themselves are part of the reason for that is that you know their hair is for some reason associated with being, you know, like feminine or or sexual being. Yes, considered erotic. Yes, erotic. So you've got to cover your hair up because, you know, you can't entice other men if you're a married woman. Exactly. And that's across so many different cultures, the Jewish culture, the Christian culture, the Hindu culture. So it really affects us, absolutely all of us. There's this amazing hairdresser in, um, in Germany. His name's Frank Bormann. And he's written this book called The Feng Shui of Hair. And um, he describes throughout the times and to present day of how people wear their hair and what it tells tells a person about you. Um, he will say, you know, that um, long hair shows, you know, fertility and that you're available. Mm. And um, <laughs> which men like? <laughs> they do, you know. I mean, generally men like long hair. They yeah. do. They yeah. Do. Yeah. Um, I think, yeah. And um, he'll talk about um, whether um, you wear your hair on your left-hand side as opposed to the right-hand side. And what does what the middle says? parting say? Because You're I pretty well balanced. a middle parting. You think so my left and my right are balanced. Yes. Yes. Hmm. And, he, I mean, he's got some really interesting um, interesting theories. And he, he goes back and he, he gives you um, reference and he talks about um, certain dictators and what's, what partings they had and, um, so and, and what very, it says. What did, Hitler, very, what did Hitler uh, have? I think he had. I think he was. Um, I think he was on the left. <laughs> Avoid the left people. <laughs> Leslie. No, no, what I was going to talk about is we have one um, fantastic barbershop poster which is includes um, a picture of Nelson Mandela. Nelson Mandela has a a parting, and it is a shaved parting yeah. um, that he wore. And it's in, become in quite a style now. It's a trend. People are yeah. cutting their hair. Yep. That's. A, I mean, it's it's not a parted parting, it's a shaved yeah. parting. And Candace, what does it say, you know, when somebody like, for example, I remember when Jennifer Aniston cut her hair in a certain style and then for some reason that took over the entire world and women everywhere were going into the hairdresser saying, I want the Jennifer Aniston cut. I, I mean, that, that kind of power that that possesses, it, you know, because if you think about it, it's just one woman with a haircut 
But what is it about that that then moves an entire group of people, you know, to want to be seen wearing that style and to want to be seen as to be, well, I know what's happening in the world. <laughs> I'm in tune Jen- with what's relevant <laughs> because I've got Jennifer Aniston's haircut. What is that all about if, when, when you think about it? I think something, someone with like a hairstyle like Jennifer Aniston, I mean, she, she'll take something that's quite current and she'll just tweak it to have just that little bit of edge that that everybody will be comfortable with. So she'll cut her hair into a longer bob with a few um, functional yet quirky layers that um, your classic girl will be comfortable with and your very adventurous girl will be comfortable with. And that's why uh, the majority of people will go, yeah, that's it. That's mm-hmm. what I want. Mm-hmm. And you never know what kind of color she is. They're like, is she blonde? Is she brunette? You know, it keeps people going. Um, you know, she's she's vanilla. Everyone kind of likes vanilla. Yeah. And um, it's it's what you like and what you know. Um and then you get other people like um, uh, Jess from The New Girl, like Zoe Deschanel, yeah. who is going to be the new icon that um, that everybody wants that hair. I felt quite upset about Jess and The New Girl because that was my hair <laughs> <laughs> for many years. Yeah, yeah. And I was like, oh, look, now it's going to become a thing. I know. <laughs> Everyone I mean, wants bangs. Yeah. And, and I'm very possessive over my hairstyle. I'm like, this is mine. I, I I've seen certain people but supporting why? my hairstyle. I get so offended. But like, why? why are you doing it? Why are you so possessive? You think? I don't know, and also can't change it, which yeah. is another. I mean, what does that say about my psychology? I'm attached to it, and I think, mm, shall I change it? And people try. They it's try. It's such an important thing. And to you. I just like sort of grow it back into exactly the same style. I mean, I just remember a lot of guys who were commenting when Rihanna did the whole red hair thing. All of a sudden, there were a whole lot of red weaves popping up all over the place. And I remember the guys having a go at us because they're like, ladies, please, you're not all Rihanna. Can you just calm yourselves down? Like, it works for her, but it doesn't necessarily work for you. It was fun. It was playful. But again, that was a sign of, you know, a whole... I mean, Rihanna puts on a red weave and it's enough to inspire thousands, possibly millions of other women to do the same thing. That's power. It's amazing power. And I think the hair itself has tons of power and it it holds power. I mean, hair holds karma. I mean, I'm not. Do you a, think so? I really, I really do think so. In I'm what not, way? I'm not, I'm not a particularly deep person. <laughs> I mean, my friends are always saying, like, Candice, you need to, like, you know, get a little bit into your spiritual side. I'm not a deep person, but I've really seen how how hair holds power. I mean, I'll I'll do a haircut on someone who is like going through a particularly emotional time, and you cut that hair, and it kind of releases something. You know, we we do um, uh, we 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 cut a lot of ponies off, and that pony will like kind of hold something for a while, mm. and we like take that pony, put it on the section. By the end of the haircut. That ponytail doesn't feel like something afterwards. It feels dead. It feels dead, even though the hair is dead to I know with. this. I it's, know it's this. It's strange. Because we ran a project um, called The Kindest Cut at uh, Marie Claire, where we were encouraging people to give us their ponytails, 30 centimeters of hair, so they'd grown their hair, because each wig for a cancer patient takes about seven ponytails. Well, and there's a huge shortage, and it is like such a emotionally powerful thing to then hand over these wigs once they're made for those women who've lost their hair and almost become defeminized. I think baldness for a woman is an incredibly tricky thing. I mean, baldness is clearly a very tricky thing for men too, but mm. um, there it's you know, apparently it indicates loads of testosterone, but in a woman, just the loss of that crowning glory mm. or however it is that you perceive it is a terrible, terrible emotional thing. But I had to transport. This is the point of the, the people would like deliver the ponytails in Cape Town. You had to transport all I the ponytails. I had to transport the ponytails <laughs> in like a box. And it felt like I was transporting dead things. We it have- was so gross. And I was like, what? Is the security at the airport going to think yeah. of me with all this like dead stuff? <laughs> it was terrible. I'm telling you, it was horrifying. So we actually have a whole section on the exhibition uh. that's that's around this issue of when hair gets separated or divorced from the body. And so it's a whole process. It's 
well, not not that it's a whole process, but they're whole. They, they, it's such it's such a rich subject that is part of the exhibition. So one part of the exhibition is we've got Peter Hugo's uh, portraits of the Botswanan judges, and the Botswanan judges have, uh, like the British mm. judges wear a wig, mm. wear a wear a wig, and what does that wig mean? Mm. That wig wig gives them authority because it gives them that they theoretically yeah it gives it gives them authority by putting on that wig they suddenly take on a completely different persona um, then we have um, uh, other artworks in that part of the the exhibition where um, they called uh, they're called um, minkisi um, and they are they're, they're little figures and um, people's bits of hair or nails or can get added get added to that and then the person who is using those objects has enormous power over the person, over that person whose hair or nails are included in those mkisis. Um And it's almost like those Victorian brooches. Do you have those? No, we don't. We don't because those are not African. Oh, they're not. So, African. but we do have we do have work by um, a contemporary artist called Suzanne Duncan who uses her own hair to actually weave um, objects, which are quite beautiful. And there is that you you not. It's, it's that space between it, it. It contains your DNA. That your hair actually contains your DNA. But once it's divorced from your body, it doesn't. It's it's in that sort of liminal space between between body and not body and life and death and. I'm telling you, those, those ponytails were dead. <laughs> Listen, you know what? It's funny when you talk about having to transport those ponytails, Aspasia, because um, a segment in the Chris Rock documentary of Good mm. Hair. Mm. You know, he travels to India, which is where a lot of the, you know, a lot of the hair is sourced from for these weaves yes. that a lot of black women then put into their hair. But isn't Brazilian the best hair? Apparently? Well, I mean, that's, you know, that's a whole debatable issue because <laughs> they've got great butts and great hair. <laughs> they just <laughs> have everything. And we are aspiring to all of it. They just have everything. <laughs> but I just thought that it was so interesting that, you know, you have a lot of these women in India who are shedding their hair. And for them, it's a whole religious process where you've got to shave your head and they go completely bald and for them it's a sacrifice that they are willing to do and they're prepared to do and it's a whole rite of passage that they go through and then they don't even know what happens to their hair and their hair gets you know it gets it ends up in a factory somewhere and then it gets manufactured into you know it gets manufactured into a weave which then some woman in Los Angeles or some woman in Johannesburg ends up wearing on her hair it is. It's kind it's of very strange. It's almost as if you've you've had like a bit of a body transplant, <laughs> but a hair transplant. But I mean, Candace, the hair industry is literally a multi-million dollar industry. There's oh. a lot of money in hair. Oh, it's huge. Yeah. I mean, hair extensions are. I mean, the price of hair extension per pound is is more than gold. What? Yeah. I mean. You were talking about the Brazilians. I mean, the Brazilian girls, when they walk in the street late mm-hmm. at night, they actually wear hoodies and they hide their long hair because they actually, they, they hijack hair. My, uh, people come up in vespers and they, they drive past them and they snip off their hair. Yep. And Indian women um, don't like to go to movies because um, people come up behind them and snip their hair. Snip off their ponytail. You know, there have been stories about people, so, about people in Yeovil Having their dreadlocks removed like and, that. And uh, they have in, had them removed. We, in Johannesburg. We, we ran a story about that because they, <laughs> they were getting abducted. I mean, not abducted, like held down and their dreads were For cut their off. Hair. Yeah, dread, dreadlocks because it's so hard to grow them. And then you can buy them. They were like sold on a street corner. <laughs> There's also a um, there's also a witch doctor that came to our salon uh. who asked to buy their hair, but she wanted she wanted Caucasian hair. Right. Uh, specifically. Specifically Caucasian hair. And she wanted to pay us um, 15,000 rand per uh, black toughy bag. Uh, we said no. Oh, good, good. We're just wondering <laughs> where that uh, negotiation yeah. went. Yeah, we but did no. you ask her what she wanted it for? Uh, she, she said um, to make good voodoo. We were like, mm-hmm. okay. <laughs> you see, that's right. an entirely different... Um, that's an entirely different thing altogether. Is this something but, you venture into in the exhibition? But I mean, I'm just, I'm just curious, Candice. Yeah. Do you have experience with all types of hair? Oh, absolutely. And to black see somebody, hair, white hair, like all kinds of hair. Yeah, ab- yeah, we do. Who all spends kinds of hair. the most money on their hair? This is what I've always wanted to know. Is it black women in this country, for example, in South Africa? I think 
percentage of salary? Yeah. Absolutely. Yeah. Absolutely. I think I think women would go without eating to have their hair done. You know, in the in the area around Witz Art Museum in the Brownfontein area, yeah, there are about fifty hairdressing salons. In a, it's a tiny, tiny little area. About fifty hairdressing salons, and we worked with those hairdressing salons. We asked them to submit photographs via social media of head of hairstyles that they were particularly proud of. Right. Um, and then the winners, we had them photographed, the actual styles photographed by a professional fashion photographer. And we have got three of the most extraordinary images. And what that's doing is it's bringing the Brownfontein hairdressing community into the Witz Art Museum. You see, this I found interesting because I came across this the other day. And it was, it was a story out of the UK. And they say that salons in the UK have seen up to 200% increase in male hair extensions. And a lot of the styles that the guys in the UK are asking for when they go into the hair salon, they want to look like David Beckham, they want to look like um, Harry Styles, and they want to look like Justin Bieber. And guys are going to the extent of getting hair extensions to look like these people. And I'm just wondering if this is something that's going to catch on everywhere else, where men are putting hair extensions in their hair as well, like we have been for a while. (laughs) Well, I don't think it's a bad thing. I mean, surely... Also, if you sort of, I mean, the impact of baldness, which we were speaking on, mm. like, you know, touching on before, I mean, unless you've decided to go chiskop, like our um, fine colleague sitting here behind the Thank you. <laughs> the desk, <laughs> which he'll have to explain to us what the rationale of his um, thinking was. Yeah. But, so it can be a choice or it can be a sort of, Terrible burden, which undermines yeah. the confidence. And my my brother's hairline started receding, and he decided that that was a day that he was going to go bald because he said, "I'm not going to be, I'm not going to fight this thing. I'm losing my hair. That's a fact." So now he's gone bald since that day, and he's been bald since that day because you know, for him, that was just the decision that he made. But then some guys they'll think, "No, I'm not ready for this," and then they'll go in for the the hair plugs and the hair extensions and the microbonding and all of that. And you can see that stuff. Mm. Actually, the hair plugs are getting better. Are they? Are they? Yeah, starting to get better. Do yeah. you do you do you put quite a few of those in in a lot of your clients? We um the actual surgical hair plugs we can't. Okay, so that's an sur- actual medical procedure. Yeah. The, okay. The medical procedure is quite fantastic, and um, they're now doing uh, they're now doing more and more in South Africa. Um, the the best places to probably have them done is India and um, oh, really and Istanbul is fantastic. Mm-hmm. Yeah. And funny enough, Istanbul does more um, beard implants than um, hairline implants. Which is I can imagine that's true now with beards being so utterly fashionable. <laughs> it's quite shocking. I was uh, walking behind a guy at the airport this morning. He was clearly like in some kind of rock band. And I wanted to tap him on the shoulder to say, you know, which rock band are you in? But his beard yeah. was kind of flowing down his chest. Yeah. Like a sort of large, and I have to say it was pretty grizzly. So maybe it was in the grizzly bears or something, but it was just a grizzly, horrible looking thing <laughs> that he, he had allowed to kind of like sort of proceed down his chest in mm. like sort of long, hideous little strands. It was just quite horrifying. Whereas, you know, there is something to be said for the, rather Very charming, well groomed beard. Yeah, absolutely. The hipster beard. I'm kind of over them though. Have you guys seen the photographs of the hipster beards with the, the flowers in them? Mm. Yeah. What? Okay, I don't understand. <laughs> like they cut in the shape of a flower no, no, in no, their no, beard no, no. or they, they actually, actually stick flowers in the beard? They stick fresh flowers in their beard. <laughs> Why? Why? That's amazing competition. Have you seen the beard and moustache competition <laughs> that happens in North America? And people come from all over the world and they've actually styled their beards in the most insane Fashion. So there are like sort of rolling waxed moustaches that twirl up around your cheekbones and the and, and, and I felt that I should encourage that fellow in front of me to like go in for a bit of beard wax. Huh. But was you know, keeping it fresh yeah. is important. I think it's good that the, 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 the men are getting into 
more grooming. I think it's I think it's fantastic that they're more aware of themselves and spending more time on themselves. I think it's great. And also, you know, a, a lot of the time you would assume that, well, you know, when you're following somebody's style or somebody's trend, that's usually a woman doing that, you know. You'll want to look like Jennifer Aniston, so you'll get a haircut. But for men, you know, they look up to somebody like David Beckham and they think, hey, I want to look like that guy. I want his locks. And, and they go into the hair salon and they say to the hairdresser, make me look like that guy. Actually, and, most, and, and more men, I'm so sorry, yeah? more men bring in photographs into the salon than women. Really? really? Yes. They yeah. come prepared. Oh. They come prepared. Most, um, yeah. More men bring in than women. So now, which photographs are you seeing the most of? Or maybe just like take us through just a variety of photographs that you've seen no, the men What's happening in. right now? Who do they want to look like? Oh yeah, we're still getting we're still getting uh, Bradley Cooper. Lots of Bradley uh, Cooper. Yeah. yeah, yeah, lots of Bradley Cooper. Uh, we do get um, uh, Beckham, obviously. Yeah. Um, and then we just get general guys of the internet. You know, so just there, there. Yeah, yeah. I think they, I think they type in like short hairstyles. Oh, you know? okay. And they bring in like um, guys, models of the internet. But Bradley Cooper's a big one. That is very and interesting. And he's got a bit of, he's got a bit of a mullet. So the male clients <laughs> are actually the ones bringing the pictures into the hairdresser more than the women are. They, they are. And wow. then you, and then you get the whipped boys. That these are my particular favorites. Who are they? <laughs> They come in with a little I laugh note. Evilly. Yeah, they come in with a little note, and you know that it's those it's those little notepads that come off the fridge. Yes. You know, torn off the fridge because it's got like a little a bit of like a significant other has yeah. been intervening. And then you get like like a three points of like of, of what what you need. You know, it'll be like short short sides, neck not too groomed, top you know texturized. So you'll get like this you know step by step guide how to cut their hair. And these boys come in so beautifully groomed, gorgeous suit, high, high-powered job, gorgeous man. Mm. He walks in and like all the women in the salon are like, swoon. <laughs> and he sticks his hand in and you think he's going to, you know. What about his, I don't know, card, his business card? Exactly, you know, like, you know. His gun. Like 30 gram paper, <laughs> you know, like you think it's going to be awesome. And he brings out this little flowery note. <laughs> And he like, you know, he, his hand trembles and he hands it to you and he goes, can I have this please? And what does the note say? The note will be a step-by-step guide how to cut his hair um, from his fiance or girlfriend. Oh, my word. And what are people asking for? I mean, what are girls asking for, women? What we, is happening right now in terms of color, in terms of let's, let's have that. Let's go there. Well, I mean. We, at the moment, in our salon, um, we, we, I don't think I really give them a chance to, to let them say what they want. I'm more of the, the kind the of hairdresser. The dictator, the dictator. Yeah, I, le- I wear my parting on the left-hand side. <laughs> <laughs> Wait a minute. So, okay, let me understand what you're saying. If I came into your hair salon and I said, I want X, oh. and then you know that X is going to look terrible on me, but for some reason, you know, you're the hairstylist, you're the professional, will you tell me that, listen, you actually need Y, because X is not going to work for your face, the shape of your face, blah, 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 blah. Are you, are you that kind of hairdresser? Yes, I am that kind of hairdresser, okay. but I would do it in a very gentle way. Yes, yes. Yeah. So. She did tell us she was very highly feminine <laughs> in her feminism. <laughs> um, so she'll do it. Um, Cleverly. But I mean, and some of the styles that we're seeing now is um, very highly layered hair. Um, and that's, that's from, from the modern mullet. Um, short fringes, choppy fringes, um, the uh, heavy, heavy bangs um, with 60s side pieces and um, then very blunt bobs. That's for the girls. And, um, yeah, and then we've got like these cute little crops for like the short haircuts. And then for the men, uh, I'm just David Bowie and Mick Jagger for me are my like absolute inspirations at the moment. And the comb over? Oh, these yeah, boys still are, doing it intensely. Yeah, I mean, that's still trending. That's still trending. I mean, you almost have like three trends that happen. You always have like the people that start trends, something that's current and something that was current. That kind of happens. <laughs> yeah. So, yeah. As a stylist who's worked on a lot of different hair types, and I know, I know that it's always an issue because I work for a news channel. And when you go into work, you're going to have your hair styled by a stylist. 
And, you know, sometimes you walk in there and you're like, yay, this is a stylist that I know. And then other days you walk in there and it's like, oh, my gosh, it's a stylist that I don't know. And she's white and I'm black. And then she looks at me and then I look at her because, you know, I can see that she's nervous. Like, oh, my God, I don't know what to do with this hair. And then I'm looking and I'm like, oh, no, you're going to mess up my hair because you don't know what to do with this hair. And it's always this back and forth and back and forth, depending on, you know, if you're if the stylist is white and you're a black girl, because. For some reason, ethnic hair is like this big, this big challenge. Or I don't know if, if if that is even the case. It's like it's a little intimidating. Or I mean, it's very different from Caucasian hair. Oh, I don't experience that. Yeah. I mean, if it's if you're dealing with curly hair, curly hair is curly hair, regardless of whether it's regardless. So I don't know why someone would do that. I mean, it's it's quite strange for me. I mean, um. You know, African hair, once it's been relaxed, is is very much like straight hair. You can do anything with it. Mm. You know, you can mold it. You can do anything. Maybe the only complication you would have is sometimes relaxed hair is a little damaged. Yeah. It breaks. That's and it. it's Yeah. So, and it's a little bit on the thin side, so it doesn't have as much volume. Yeah. Um, if it's natural, you can possibly do more with it. I always say, like, natural yeah. hair, you can do more with it. If it's got a weave, then you just got to... Deal with what you got and yeah. work with it. Yeah. I mean, you really shouldn't be in a situation where somebody's going, oh. <laughs> but my buddy, I mean, yeah, do you get forced into um, the sort of, there is the news readers, like sort of formal hairstyle, <laughs> which, which is what? Which I, I mean, I've, you see it on the news. There's like what a does certain, it look like? there's a certain type of hairstyle. It's like, it's almost like a sort of helmet that's been put on top of your head. <laughs> I mean, and, you know, and that's that's like sort of now this meant it's meant to read as responsible, mm, trustworthy. Mm, I mm. always find that stuff fascinating. And also you can see on like sort of news anchors, mm. they have to, regardless of the color of their hair, everyone has the same helmet. Do they do that to you? Isn't it because of the blue screen? You're not allowed any like flyaways? The green screen, yeah. Green screen. I mean, there's there's a lot that the stylists have to take into consideration. When styling your hair as a news anchor, you know, it's got to look a certain way, which you said. It's got to look credible and serious. And, you know, sometimes... Isn't that funny that hair can look credible and serious? I know. (laughs) Versus incredible (laughs) and kind of crazy. You know, versus, I guess, what they would say, you know, it's a little more youthful or on the wild side. But as a news anchor, you can't look wild. So you've got to wear a certain hairstyle. But... um. Yeah, I mean, I just always found that it's this, and it's really, it's it's just such a funny thing for me because I can see, you know, I get nervous and then the hairstylist gets nervous and then we're both nervous because she's like, what am I going to do with this hair? I don't know how to work with this hair. And I'm thinking, what are you going to do my hair? Because you don't know how to work with my hair. <laughs> As hairdressers, we have to very quickly sum up people and sum up their body language. Yeah. Because we do a consultation for five to ten minutes and try work out who you are, what your expectations are. And and where you'd like to go with your hair. So if you're looking at her and going, <gasps> yeah, and she, yeah, oh, she looks a bit pale. <laughs> She's just read your body language and thought, oh, she doesn't like me. <laughs> she has no faith. Yeah, and her confidence is going to go down. Yeah. So um, she might be experiencing that. Um, and then we might we both be experiencing that from each other. I think so. But mm. really, that comes back to, I mean the question of identity, which is really what you've dealt with in this exhibition. Because hair and identity and who you are, and, and essentially when you say somebody is going to style my hair all wrong, mm. they're going to mess with your identity. And so and how you present yourself yes. to the world. And it's just such a crucial thing. And I, I get upset if people, you know, give me a bouffant hairstyle. <laughs> then I think that's not me. Mm-hmm. I, I I am not that lady with the you know with, with the large hair. It has to look a certain way for everything else to fall into place. Yeah. Well, actually, one of my uh, one of my colleagues uh, did an, an installation as part of this exhibition that was it includes part, uh, um, things that she bought on the street that were that relate to hair. Um, and she said, she said to us, her colleagues, she said, will you give me a lock of your hair? Will you each give me a lock of your hair to include in this, to include in this installation? And I said, absolutely not. I couldn't contemplate giving you a lock of my hair. And all she wanted was one lock of hair. 
was just too much for me altogether. Um, at the beginning of the year, um, I suffered from, with really low iron. And uh, my hair started falling out. And I've got exceptionally thick hair. And it completely changed how I felt about myself. It knocked my confidence. Because mm. I, you know, I usually have this mane. And that's how I walk into a room with this mane of hair. And, um, yeah, I mean, your hair is your identity. You know, it is your crowning glory. I was actually listening to the news the other night, and um, I think it was a scientist or a doctor or someone who came on, and this person was explaining how women are actually suffering from hair loss at an earlier age because typically, you know, the thought is that, you know, hair loss happens in menopause, but women are actually losing their hair at an earlier age because of stress and because of hormones and because of this and because of that. Hair loss is a big issue for anybody, regardless of whether you're a man or a woman. It's a, it's a, it's a, it's a, it's a fight within you. It's a personal thing. It's like, I'm not ready to let go of this just yet. It's, yeah, I suppose because it intimates mortality. Because when you're young and vibrant and fully alive, your hair is sort of lustrous and rich mm. and full on your head. Yeah. And suddenly, like any kind of loss of it. And I suppose that's why in in um, sort of, I know definitely Sutu culture, they cut off, they shave your head. It's like part of the ritual. The, the widow has to have her head completely shaved and her eyebrows, which is terrible. They never grow back. <laughs> In any like sort of normal format, you end up looking like the Mona Lisa. (laughs) But you have to shave your hair in a particular period, and it's like very interesting. Again, again, the association of your hair with all these different things that happen in your life. I mean, Candice, I'm sure you've had countless times when women come in and they're like, "Just take it all off," and she's emotional, and she's. And they're like, "Okay, are you sure about this? Does that happen? I mean, you know, do women come in and they're like, "Just take it all off." Yeah, I mean, we, we do get that a lot when yeah. people are exceptionally emotional. Yeah. And you have to judge. I mean, sometimes I've convinced women not to cut their hair because it's just not for the right reasons. Mm. And um, other times we're like, okay, let's do it. Let's we're, have some fun. We're going to be daring. Yeah. What do you think of this mermaid hair? What's, mer- it so what's, what's mermaid peculiar. hair? <clears throat> mermaid hair is like sort of those long blue extensions or purple hair like what oh, Nicole Richie has yes, been doing with the different colors and Katy Perry with the blue and the yeah, oh, okay yeah. yeah and so it's called mermaid hair and I just think so odd so Walt Disney in a like kind of really sick way or purple rinse it's like something that like also old ladies would do I and ha- yet now it's happening I always, I kind of think it's, it's it's hairdressers who don't know how to tone blonde Eventually, they're like, oh, okay, well, it goes purple anyway. We'll just make it very purple. <laughs> <laughs> and what about going gray? Because I think that is a very interesting question. Yeah. Do you touch on that in the exhibition? We don't do anything around around uh, going gray at all. I wish, I mean, there was, you know what, there were so many other issues we could have dealt with in this exhibition. I hope we'll do a part two and a part three. Oh, it sounds because to me the, like because the issues, yeah, the, the issues are endless around here. But, but grey wasn't one of them. Grey is like just so major because I think in the same way that like long hair possibly indicates fertility and sexual availability and all those good things. Yeah. Grey hair I think is a major moment for women when they say, okay, now I'm going to go grey. And how do they do it? This is the beginning of the end maybe. That's, in a way. That's what and yet it doesn't have to be because I mean – both Candice and I have many friends who've chosen grey as like a sort of style statement. I think also, yeah, I mean, sometimes it can look amazing, but grey also has to do with an age thing. Mm. Sometimes it can age you by 15 years. And sometimes if you've got a, if you're very youthful, it can look amazing and quite delicate and, you know, give you a very soft skin. And uh, you have to judge it. But you have to, with that, you have to have an exceptional haircut. Yes. You can't go all hippie. You know, that could be very scary. You know, you'll end up looking like, you know, a bit witchy. You know, Which is, it is a concept of womanhood. So there is that idea that, mm, you've become a crone and a crone was a witch and had negative connotations. And so 
I mean, there's, um, there's, we have this one artist that comes into our salon, and she has, she's in her 60s, and she has this long black hair, and she's absolutely gorgeous. And um, she's got very, very white hair, and she comes in and colors her hair quite often. And I cannot imagine her with any other color than her, her very, very dark hair. Mm. And um, she's snow white. Oh, really? Snow, snow, snow white. And... She's in her 60s, and I wouldn't want to convince her to go any other color. But with other women, I'm like, that's it. Come, let's go. You need to, we need to move you over to, to white. Here are pictures of Judy Dench. <laughs> you know, here's, you know, and um, I mean, look at Vivian Westwood. You know, and she's had her, her gorgeous copper hair for all these years, and she's just recently, you know, cut her hair really short. She bleached it white initially, and now I think last week's photographs, it's, all shaved off and grey. Oh, really? So she's gone grey? She's gone grey. Vivian Westwood has gone grey. That is a shocking moment in <laughs> popular culture. <laughs> Ladies, we're going to have to wrap it up here, but thank you very much for coming in this afternoon. Candice, thank you so much for your time. Leslie, um, the exhibition is happening at, at the Vitz Museum. When, right. when can we go? How long is it running for still? The Vitz Art Museum, and we're open from Wednesdays to Sundays from 10 until 4 um, every day. And then also to, to go onto our website page, our Facebook page, and to see all the amazing events that we host in conjunction with this exhibition. So next Saturday, not this Saturday, next Saturday we've got a drop-in drawing workshop, which is free to everybody. The second and fourth Saturday of the month, we have a walkabouts for adults. So um, all different people who've been involved in the exhibition will be talking about all the objects on the exhibition. And then on the third Saturday of September, which is the 20th of September, we have a family festival, um, which is events around this exhibition for uh, children with their families. And you need to book for it because it will be very, very busy and oversubscribed, but an absolutely wonderful event. And no, you cannot get your hair done for free. <laughs> <laughs> but there are thank 50 salons much. in the immediate vicinity. So, Ladies, thank you very much for joining us this afternoon uh, for another installment of Between Two Films. Indeed. Aspasia, we'll thank you. see you next week. Uh, we made reference to um, good hair from Chris Rock, so I'm going to leave you with these um, last words, and then we'll see you again next week, same time, cliffcentral.com.